0: And you're tuned to Katie and K. It's time now for Ask the Vet. Here on Katie and K I've got Jane Backrack and Doctor Chuck Maker on the phone. How are you two doing today? I'm doing good. Chuck?
1: You know, the world's falling apart, but I'm I'm optimistic it's gonna get better, so it's it's a good day.
2: And you know what else? What's that? Well, I'm telling Raleigh and and anyone who's listening out there, Chuck, in order to make his cell phone reception better,
0: is <laughs> oh, sitting great. there
2: with a, with a colander on his head. It's dedication.
1: <laughs> Only in Carbondale.
2: <laughs> Only in Carbondale. Exactly. Um, so uh, anyone out there, uh, if you want to ask the vet anything, give us a call at 963-2976, and we can all chat. Um Chuck, I do have a question for you right now. Okay. Okay.
1: Softball for a first question, please.
2: Okay. Um, It's so friggin' smoky out there. And I I live on a ranch and there are horses here and my goats. and, And I'm wondering how the heat and the smoke affects horses and other livestock.
1: You know, if it was just the heat and horses could stay hydrated, uh, they'd just be like you and I. You know, they would they would tolerate it and stay cool with shade and hydration. Um, unfortunately, smoke's effects on the lower lungs of horses and dogs and cats is very similar to yours and mine. Um, smoke is unique in that it's extremely small particle size, so it's inhaled into the deepest part of the lungs. So... Long-term smoke exposure can have similar deleterious effects in animals, just like it like it does you and I.
2: What's long-term?
1: Well, I mean, and that goes, you know, when you when you log on to Facebook and you watch the air quality uh, communications uh, part mm-hmm. of the thing, um, you know, exposure to these levels of smoke has a pretty immediate effect. Where if it's continuous. It reduces your pulmonary capacity, um, you know, and if you couple it with heat and any sort of dehydration, that kind of makes the um, the respiratory secretions more viscous and unable to remove that particulate matter from the lungs. It can it can compromise um, uh, animals' ability to, to exercise or go out on a trail ride. We've certainly had a number of phone calls on the topic this week.
2: Um. So, what do you recommend in this heat and smoke as far as trail rides? No trail rides?
1: Uh, No no trail rides is, you know, there's kind of like no, right? It's dependent on the wind. Like Sunday afternoon, if you look straight up in the sky over Carbondale, it was like there was ash. And then Monday morning, there was a blue donut over Carbondale because the wind took everything, you know, northeast. So... Uh, the other day, Woody Creek was worse than Basalt and Elgebel, um, so I think you kind of have to pick the time of the day and watch your favorite weather app or whatnot and try and anticipate when the smoke is going to be worse
2: and uh-huh.
1: strategically, like walking your dog. I'm not going to walk my dog when it's uh, really smoky in the morning. I'm going to try and pick the time of the day when it's best air quality. Right. Um and, and animals are no different than you and I, and that some of them have, you know, respiratory conditions that are already uh, predisposed to having issues with air quality. So um, this I is a, tra- a difficult time.
2: Yeah, nine six three two nine seven six. If anyone wants to call and ask Chuck Maker, Dr. Chuck Maker, any questions, or ask me, the Jane Rader, any questions. I'm an expert on goats, so. <laughs>
1: We always go to goats.
2: <laughs> I know because I love them. <laughs>
1: yeah, I kind of do too. I mean, I, I'm not going to lie.
2: Yeah, they are. They're so funny. So same thing with all animals, like cows and any kind of animal that lives and breeds, basically. Yeah,
1: I mean, there are some cows up on Cottonwood Pass right now that are respiratorily stressed, extraordinary. You know, it's, it's huge. And then we realized too that you know, the effects of these little micron-sized particles. I mean, take, for instance, COVID. COVID says mm-hmm. we're a three-millimeter or smaller, three-micron mask or smaller. Some of these smoke particles are one micron in size. So Jeez. even the best mask, the particles go through the mask and into those airways and set up all sorts of inflammatory conditions for horses and dogs that have asthma or COPD or... Chronic heart disease, you know, it's it's very similar to you and I, except you know we're talking about animals,
2: right? Um, once the fires end and the smoke is gone, does do the or do those effects, negative effects on the animals, stay long term or will they disappear? I mean, is there a long? Well, effect? they
1: they. I don't know that there's a long-term effect, but they've looked at it in horses and their pulmonary function. And some of these effects, like diminishment of their respiratory capacity and immune system in their respiratory system, can be affected for like two weeks. In other words, they'll return to normal gradually over a two-week period following their exposure to smoke. Mm
0: -hmm. So
1: it's not like I was in a smoky environment yesterday and tomorrow I'm normal. There is a a residual effect in the those lower airways that you kind of have to be mindful of if your horses or dog. Um, mm-hmm. I don't see my cat get out of the bed at all, so I don't know it's, <laughs> it's not suffering. But um, right. the horses and cows that are up in the area are certainly um, adversely affected, and, and we can quantify that. It's, it it does last for a couple mm-hmm. weeks following exposure.
2: Mm hmm. Yeah. So weird because at certain times of the day, like in the afternoon here, if mm-hmm. the smoke is just so thick and heavy, yeah. And then this morning, you know, it was great. The sky, you could see the blue sky early this morning. So um, what you basically said was, if we want to go on a trail ride, we'll go on a, a long walk with the dog, or whatever, we should do it when. Uh, you know, during those times when the smoke is not present, right?
1: Yeah, and I mean, I think there's there's a couple apps out there that people are using um, that uh, you know uh, the smoke surface smoke is kind of tracked with some weather like science, so you can you can kind of anticipate what today might be for me and plan your day accordingly.
2: Gotcha. 963 nine seven six. if anyone out there wants to ask any animal questions, give us a call. Um, uh, now, the heat. What about, I mean, it was humid and hot today. It, st- it still is. <laughs>
1: the west, the Western Mountain and uh, interpretation of humid. Um, well, if you from it the East Coast, you kind of laugh at that.
2: I know. Or if you're from Houston.
1: Yeah. I know. Well, I mean, I I think the humidity has the adverse effect, right, of reducing our ability to cool ourselves. Um, But I think in general, the big part of around here is that it's generally so dry that animals are going to need about 20 to 30 percent more water per day than they would on a, let's call it a, a temperate day. So, you need to make sure that they're having some shade or hopeful some shade. and If not shade, they certainly need to be, we need to anticipate that they're going to need a uh, much higher water intake than, right. than typical. Yeah.
2: Gotcha. Well, anything else we should discuss about this particular time of year? Do horses need shots or what?
1: Um, well, yesterday other... somebody asked me if their horse can have watermelon and their horse oh. can have watermelon. Oh, their
2: horse um, can have watermelon? Is that what you water, said?
1: Watermelon in, in, um, is totally fine. Rind seeds. Um, but I think you kind of, you know, in moderation. Really? Uh, some horse, yeah, some horses love it. Uh-huh.
2: Um,
1: you know, the horse council and I were talking about emergency preparedness before all this happened when it was just COVID. And, um, I think, you know, now is the time to just be aware of the places locally where, you know, in the community you can leave at a moment's notice and bring your animal to. I mean, with all these little spot fires, I think making sure you've got that homework done. I know I think all the veterinary clinics in the Valley have reached out on their social media platforms and said, you know, we've got space. If somebody needs to like the Fisher Creek people yesterday that needed like an immediate I need to go. Right. Um, you know, uh I think I know Glenwood and us and um uh have
2: you, and open you door are, policies. Wait, let me say because I didn't say this in the beginning, you are uh Alpine Equine Hospital yeah. in Elgebelt. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um okay. still Carbondale out here toward the oh,
2: Carbondale, that's right. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs>
1: um I think I think emergency preparedness, watermelon, water intake. Um we've had uh, just this week with the heat, it just seems to be timely. We see skin cancer in horses more commonly. Um, you know, people think it's just sunburn, but you know, just like you and I, sunburn chronically just damages the skin. So right. we've had a couple, um, horses Horses should wear sunscreen on their um, when they have a bald pink nose, just like you and I. Right, um, I know, uh, yes they should. There are more similarities than dissimilarities between animal health and human health. Yeah. Uh, Smoke, sun exposure, we like watermelon, we should drink more water. (laughs) Um, You know, um, it's...
2: It's basically the same thing. Also, Garfield County Fairgrounds, um, if anyone needs to evacuate their livestock, their horses, goats, or any large animals, they are also... And that's, that
1: that that's a long way away. I know Skyline uh, Ranch also uh, reached out and said they had space for people oh, if good. they called Martha or Dar. And, you yeah. know, I think it's a it's a community effort. I know there's more people than that we've mentioned, but uh, yeah. I think this like when um the uh Christine like the fire, like yeah. you know, emergency preparedness indicates a uh, proactivity that I think we should all try and have now. Um, a lot of people don't have horse drawers anymore, and having the ability to transport your horse in an emergency if you're up on Missouri Heights right now seems like a good idea.
2: Yeah, it does. Um, we're prepared up here. I mean, we've got, you know, 16 horse trailers that we're borrowing from the polo people. and Right. So right. everyone should, you know, just in case, it's better to be safe than sorry.
1: Absolutely. I mean, usually this time of year we're talking about Biosecurity for horse shows, and you know, making sure we're not going to have a viral outbreak of something at a horse show. But it seems like biosecurity now is segued into COVID and safety, and you know, at, at horse barns and horse shows being, you know, um, they're 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 starting to happen. There's one this weekend, um, thankfully, and and the folks is are going to run it run it safely. Time? No, it's over actually in Montrose this weekend. Oh. so uh-huh. uh, I'm sure it'll be nice and cool over there this weekend for that. Um,
2: yeah. Well, so, I know Strang's also had. They had a Pony Club show a couple weeks ago.
1: Yep. Yeah. I know. Yeah.
2: So, but people were socially distancing, and it looked pretty safe to me.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I right. I think that's the key, right? Is yes. Let's try and have a semblance of normal, but um, let's make sure biosecurity and social distancing. So, right. Um, you know, the other things we see this time of year are usually related to the things we've already mentioned: horses that aren't drinking enough water, or horses that have been exercised without enough water. You know, and colicking, and, and or having some muscle tying up issues.
2: Uh huh. Um, and you can you can actually add electrolytes to their water, can't you?
1: Yeah, uh, that is a. But, a, but you know, adding electrolytes to water is is is. Uh, if you think about it, horses sweat and we don't realize they sweat, right? Because it just evaporates, so they lose salt. Uh-huh. In general, when you salt your water, salt your food, you drink more.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: you have to think of it proactively and anticipate. Uh, a horse's greatest water reserve is that its colon. So feeding them a good quality hay. Ensuring they have adequate water before they go do exercise with the trace electrolyte um, supplement somewhere in their diet is the best way. Mm-hmm. It's hard to um, be; it's harder to be reactive and provide electrolytes after, let's say, uh, an afternoon ride uh, pushing cows somewhere. It's better to be proactive. So, trace mineral salt, high-quality forage, uh, grass hay, grass blend, alfalfa hay yeah. Gotcha. Free choice water, some shade. Um,
2: okay. That's
1: that. You know, that's kind of like the apple a day keeps the doctor away. Um, right. No colic, lameness gotcha. still happen, but colic is is typically attributed to forage and pasture changes this time of year more than more than other times of the year.
2: Uh huh. Um, let me ask you a question. Is it okay to feed goats watermelon?
1: <laughs> well. <laughs> this is a true story. I would, I would, I have had two situations where goats were fed a honeydew melon and um, another uh, watermelon. And when the pieces aren't uh, made small enough, uh, they both swallowed it and choked on it. So
2: um,
1: horses have an ability to chew things that are bigger and swallow, but uh, just be sure that, you know, those kinds of things, they're not, they're not um, unhealthy for animals, but uh, they're sweeter and they do tend to bolt them or eat them faster. Okay. Uh, and just well, I make... already
2: w- I would not feed them the rinds because you know if you just feed them the inside, that seems to be pretty harmless, right?
1: Yeah, that's the easier thing for sure.
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. Okay. You can now, eat the rinds and feed the watermelon to your to your animals.
2: I suppose. Thank you so much. That's so <laughs> so kind of you. Nine six three two nine seven six. If anyone has any horse or livestock related questions, and if not, Chuck and I are just going to talk about goat poop, aren't we?
1: I, uh, you're the moderator, so I suppose we could tend to that. I mean, this is a time of year where parasites in general, cattle, horse, goat are. This is the time of the year where they can exist, right? They they don't like really hot dry so on irrigated pastures and you know you can be sure there are parasites on the pasture wherever your animals are so this is typically the time of the year where you do have to make sure you have some parasite control program um, regardless of whether it's a, a goat or a horse or a cow.
2: Although uh, this year it's so I mean it's so dry out if it's not an irrigated pasture. Yeah, no. It's
1: fine. Parasites typically don't overwinter here because it's too cold, and parasites don't like really dry conditions. But parasites have a tendency to survive longer in, in irrigated pastures or where the manure is not broken up into smaller pieces by dragging the pasture. So, depending on the density of animals on your pasture and depending on how you manage your pasture, you may have a different deworming. Uh, recommendation for your animal to somebody to your neighbor let's say so okay. it's kind of an individual thing and you know calling or speaking with your vet uh who they may be to design that this is the time of year where that's important
2: okay and as long as we're talking about manure i have <laughs> i have i have a manure question what which animal manure Make the best compost of of all animals, like uh, chickens, goats, horses, cows.
1: Well, it all has to do with you know. Typically, you've got to compost it. You've got to turn your compost pile. The nitrogen right. source. It gets a little bit out of my wheelhouse when it starts talking about soil. But you're trying to break down those nitrates. Um, and you know like horse shavings are typically require a longer time to compost so um it's which, important to, go on you want me to pick the you want me to pick the favorite you want me to pick your favorite goat and i, I guess know, they're I, all good but, sources
2: but they, some um, sources are higher in nitrogen than others
1: right i think which, the what are those? the small the small ruminants and the uh, bovine uh, and that would include the alpacas uh, would probably be the best horses would probably not be the best by far. and chickens, if it's probably properly composted, would be good as well. Uh, okay, but you've got to let them be properly composted before you put them into your soil to not burn your soil if
2: you will. that's what right, good. right. so yeah, my right. I was looking for you know which what manure is the highest in nitrogen? and I know it all has to be composted and
1: right. I think birds are pretty high.
2: Really? Mm -hmm. Oh, like chickens.
1: Chickens, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. I know. I
1: always refer Dr. Wallace my chicken questions. Doctor who? Dr. Wallace, Cindy
2: Wallace. Oh, Cindy Wallace. Oh, is is Cindy an expert on chicken on chicken poop? (laughs) Cindy, are you listening?
1: Dr. Kremsier and Dr. Wallace are definitely the Valley's resources on chicken and poultry.
2: Really? Dr. Kremsier is my neighbor.
1: That's right. She is.
2: Yeah. I had Thanksgiving dinner at her house last Thanksgiving. She's great. Yeah. (laughs) Um, 963-2976. We're not getting any phone calls. I don't know if people...
1: Uh, I'm I was. i I'm not surprised at that. There usually aren't, and I kind of think everybody's got other things going on right now.
2: You do? Uh, Raleigh, are you there?
0: I'm here, Raleigh, yeah. Do. We've just got a few more minutes. Um, really interesting. You
2: know, I was going to ask you if you had any,
0: any questions. Well, you were talking about the animals overheating, and I did observe somebody jogging with their dog yesterday evening. Yeah. And when it was real smoky and so hot. Um, yeah.
1: I mean, that is not necessarily the best thing, probably. I mean, I don't know what the smoke air quality was, where they were, but dogs sweat through their toe pads, um, and so they need to uh, they they reduce the heat via panting, evaporative mm-hmm. cooling via panting, and then sweating on their toe pads. Horses don't pant, but they sweat. So air quality, timing of exercise, whether you're riding the horse, walking the dog, uh, I think timing it when the, day, the temperatures are coolest, when you have to, when your pulmonary, when your respiratory function has to do the least, and when the air quality is the best, I think some pretty straightforward recommendations, no matter what kind of animal you're talking about right now.
0: Does the smoke make the animals more vulnerable to viruses like coronavirus, their own coronavirus? well.
1: How smoke would have its effects would be smoke, those little particles, you know, it's whatever's burned changes whatever's in those particles, right? And those particles get absorbed very deeply down in the lungs where they alter the patient's ability to respond to pollens that they inhale, infectious agents that they inhale. So if they have prolonged smoke exposure or some predisposing cardiopulmonary condition like older animals, often do, it can potentiate kind of a exacerbation of symptoms and kind of be pretty difficult to treat and require medical attention. So um, I would just caution everybody out there, trail riding or walking their dogs, to be mindful of their their pet's health. Um, if you're uncomfortable exercising in the smoke or your eyes are burning and nose is running or having some coughing, your animals are very similarly being
0: affected and we do have a phone call just came in uh just a few minutes left in the show
1: okay, okay. we'll try and answer it quickly
2: yep
0: and you are on the air yes
2: hello hello yeah i'm here can you hear me yep. yeah what's your question right, you can hear me yeah okay great my question is well i just want to let you guys know that there are people out there listening for one and um <laughs> My cat has had just some sinus stuff going on since the fire, and I was wondering if there's anything I could do to help her besides keep her indoors. Hmm. She has like a runny nose, and she seems like she doesn't feel very well.
1: I mean, I am not a a feline practitioner by any means, but a cat Uh owner, I think, like I earlier stated, those upper respiratory symptoms that are naggy for you and I, the eyes, the the runny nose, the, the tickle in the back of your throat, our animals, if our air quality is, it's affecting them very similarly. So improving your air quality, um, there are some things that you can provide um, that, from your veterinarian for small animals, just like you would go and, say, get some allergy medication for for us. Um, I would suggest you you know, get in touch with your cat's vet and talk further about that, maybe some some additional steps you could take with medication to, to help that
0: well we are okay, about yeah, out of time
1: well thank, thank you for the call and Jane thanks, thanks as always for keeping it um, lively uh, and diverse with respect to the question
2: <laughs> and thank you Chuck and thank we'll see you, you next thank
0: okay, you Jane see you and thank you Chuck have a great okay. evening
1: take care everybody thanks. stay safe thank okay. you firefighters
2: thanks firefighters
1: Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.